The waveform of you schlibbing your tongue against your schlubs. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the webmaster maker. And I'm Sam, and I'm the vector pixel. I make art. He's the, he's the artist. <laughs> I'm the vector he's not, pixel. I'm much of a wordsmith. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also, before we get started, we have a quick warning. Anything can happen on this podcast, so if you have sensitive earlobes, uh, just keep them away. Or just, you know, massage them a bit. Yeah. You might get, get pierced rub while you Get somebody to rub them down for you. I hear if you use Olive an ice cube. Good. You know, get mm-hmm. an ice cube going first, and then very, pierce it. It's very sensual. Yeah. It helps it's a very lot. Very sensual. All right, so what's happening... Over the past week, let's get right into the news. All right. So first things first, uh, Seth and I have begun the Gaines versus Graft versus Host disease competition. It's not a competition so much as like a WWF SmackDown type of event. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, uh, I just finished a stem cell transplant for cancer, and so I have a new immune system, and one of the side effects of that is a disease called graft-versus-host, in which your new immune system tries to kill you, uh, which isn't so good. So Seth and I decided to add to the graft-versus-host by increasing our gym time such that we add gains to the uh, to the currently two-person war in order to tip the balance, hopefully in the favor of, of the host here. Yeah, I mean, it's not clear that that gains actually benefits the host. Right. It could also benefit the graft. It could, but... Actually, you know what? It probably does benefit the graft because you're going to be oxygen-deprived, making new blood cells, all that kind of stuff. But all of those are these foreign invader blood cells. But that also helps me because I need those to kill cancer. Adam, so, quit trying to bring oh my God, science this so into this. This is a discussion about health. <laughs> it's just kind of like a three-way battle for victory. And we're not sure who's going to win. Actually, I'm pretty sure that, that my biceps are going to win. That's my two cents. Yeah, just... I don't know if you guys are hearing this, but somebody outside... It's Okay, by the way, it's super late while we're recording this. We're all very tired. We had a long day. We're jamming on Crashlands. We're recording this at like 11 p.m. right now. Some yeah. chump has decided... To just hang out outside of the parking lot and just rev the shit out of his Harley engine. <laughs> I don't know. Are you in a South Park episode? I'm just going to throw this out there. If you have a Harley and you do this, fuck you. Yeah. Just. That's all. I'm yeah. gonna, uh, or, or any kind of loud thing. Yeah. Oh, I, so I have this fantasy of getting a car. So, so people have cars that make just a shit ton of noise, right? Or motorcycles or whatever. Um, and it, for some reason it's appropriate as long as it sounds like an engine, like it can be totally deafening as long as it's an engine sound, then it's fine. What if I had a car that just had a big ass speaker on the top that just sounded like a person screaming (laughs) all the time. And I just drove that down the road. (laughs) It sounds like a cop car, Seth. You don't like that screaming goat video. That'd be amazing. That's what I want. I want my car. I want my car to sound like a screaming goat. Have you seen the screaming kid, like as in a baby goat video? Oh yeah, where he's like, "Don't be such a wuss," (laughs) and it it screams. Yeah, if you had a car that was like sounded like that, (laughs) but super loud, do you think you'd get in trouble? You'd have some noise complaints. Okay, well, what about this? What if you had a recording of a Harley and then you played it from your car 
at super loud volume. So it actually wasn't your engine. It was somebody else's engine oh, that you were just yeah, blasting. That's what what if fine. you had a huge goat <laughs> that... <laughs> That's just yeah. it. What if you just what had if a huge just goat? had one? And what if it just screamed constantly as you rode it around? Yeah. <laughs> as goats probably would. If they well, were that would probably still that. be less interruptive than driving a Harley around. Also, immensely well, it would have the advantage of, of being hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, sorry sorry about that. But yeah, so we went to the gym. <laughs> I bet say at the gym. And uh, Wait, I just want to reiterate before you get going on this story that I pride myself on being the the least prepared but most calm person you will ever meet. <laughs> Continue. We get in the gym and, and uh, so we have this this fitness app called uh, some shit. I don't know. Fit Tracker. <laughs> Do you remember what it's called? Anyway, <laughs> no, it's a thing. App tracker. It's Dude, a thing you put on your phone and you can record your the weights that you lift. And can you just take a stuff. picture of your weights and, and it'll automatically record? Um, no, but you can record the sound of them banging together, and it'll rec- it'll estimate the weight based on That's that. That's pretty cool. Just don't let the screaming um, goats get near when that happens. It'll throw off. Yeah, it, it throws off the the vibrations. Yeah. Uh, so so in order to in order to improve when you're lifting weights, you need to know how much you're capable of doing. So it's a good idea to record your progress so that every time you go, you can try to do a little bit more. Otherwise, you'll just kind of keep doing the same thing. Um, so I was, you know. When Sam and I first started this week, I was like, make sure you get this thing and record your stuff so that you can improve. So then he comes walking. He comes, I'm going to say he comes waltzing in to the <laughs> gym. I tend to do a three-step waltz just wherever I yeah, go. Yeah, first thing I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get let's uh, get your phone out so I can we can get you set up with the workout. He's like, I left it in the car. And I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, whatever. Let's just get started. So, so we go <laughs> get started. We've come too far. Yeah, so we go get started, and then we start lifting, and then Sam, we st- we go do some pull-ups, and then we move to the next thing, and then Sam's like, fuck. Like, what? He's like, where's my wedding band? I don't know. And so apparently he had had it just in his gym shorts pocket while doing pull-ups. So then we were walking around trying to find it. Uh, then what? something else happened. Well, I found the Wait, Did you find it, though? First okay. of all, come yeah, he found it was the credit. Ring. It took like 10 seconds. It was yeah. a frightening 10 seconds, but, but still. But, uh, yeah, I was like, God damn. Oh, yeah, and also then we start doing uh, lat pulldowns. And then Sam made some comment about how the bar was hurting his hands. And I'm like, where are your gloves? <laughs> he, I had given him gloves two days ago, and he just fucking, he just left them at home. And I'm like, I can't even believe that you showed up wearing pants. <laughs> Jesus. So I just walk into the gym naked, like, let's do this. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, if it was 50 years ago, you probably could do I that. I mean, technically, I would still have the necessary parts to perform. I think if you're if you're like a 70-year-old man, you can just show up to the gym naked. Yeah, I think there's a rule about that. I think you have yeah. to show up to the gym I think, naked. I think fact. you're required to be naked at the gym. <laughs> at least from every men's locker room I've ever yeah, been. Yeah, it's definitely true in the What is the deal with that? Is there something that happened to to men like 50 years ago when they were you know young young folk that caused them to feel just compelled to be constantly naked in locker rooms i don't you know i think it's just the result of being an old dude who kind of ran out of fucks i'm pretty sure people were naked kind of all the time in sports back in the day that's, that's true. true i guess if you go back far enough even wrestling was done in the nude yeah just during uh, the that's event. quite 
That's quite a ways back, though. Well, it's not and that, that was also the ancient Greeks, and you know how those how those guys are. That's true. They, had they will have sex with everybody. Even also even in, in the midst goats. of a wrestling match. In the, in the middle of wrestling matches. <laughs> huge goats, whatever. It doesn't matter. Does Harleys. Uh, yeah, so we also had a, a pretty cool announcement. We made a game a month ago I called, yeah. called Do You Even Lift? It's basically an elevator simulator game. Uh, we made it for a competition called the Indie Speed Run. And if we win the competition, it's a worldwide internet contest. Uh, if we win, then we get a sweet $5,000 cash prize. Which would be nice to to get us to the end of the Crashlands it, dev cycle it, for sure. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really launched a game in a while, and funds are sort of... And we don't have any money left. Sort of coming down to a trickle. Plus, uh, so, we have to throw down a whole bunch of money in preparation for the Game Developers Conference. Right. Yes, a hefty March. sum. Yeah, we're so clearing out the and, bank uh, accounts. Go to, we, we set up a bit.ly for it. So if you go to bit.ly slash elevator sim, uh, it'll take you to the Do You Even Lift page. You can rate it five stars, uh, play the crap out of it. It will absorb about uh, one pure hour of your life, and then and then nothing else. It'll, that's yeah. all it takes. I'm yeah. proud. I'm proud of this game. It's one of my. I think it's one of our best jam games. Yeah, we did discuss it back on easily uh, episode twenty five, I believe. We did, uh, but yeah. So again, that that link to go and if you go there, play it, uh, rate it, and there's an audience choice component to the. I guess to determining the winners or something. Um, so yeah, so give us give us some ratings. The more ratings we get, the more likely it is that we'll come out on top. It's which is bit cool. dot Lee slash elevator sim. Bit and Lee is spelled L Y in case yeah, you're not. Bit L Y <laughs> slash elevator sim, which somehow was not taken because it's surprising that no one's made an elevator sim game. I get yeah, it's not it's not a super saturated genre, but yeah, we, we cornered the market on that one. It's getting there. Um Adam. Let's what do you about, want? Let's Seth. talk about Crashlands beta. Let's do it. Uh, what I think we we said something about it last week. We said what we were we close. We said we were close. Okay. <laughs> and now we're closed. Now we're closed. So the beta applications have been closed as of a couple hours ago. So what this means is if you somehow managed to in the three months that you could have applied for the beta <laughs> did not do it, we're looking at you. Now it's, now Steve. it's we're looking at you. Yeah. This is one of those times where we we say, tough titty. (laughs) Yep. Tough titty, gentlemen. Leathery one. Yeah. So so they're now closed, and uh, and that's that's the end of that. Um, I'm now building all of the... Uh, the the back end onboarding invite stuff, uh, which includes all the emails that will go out, the the things you have to agree to, like the non disclosure agreement, blah blah blah, all kinds of crap. So I'm building all of that, uh, and by the end of the week, unless something terrible happens, we will be sending out all of our beta invites. Now, yeah. why are the why is the beta app closed? Why is it closed? Uh, because we didn't want to keep receiving invites at the same time that we were selecting our, our testers. We're very simple people. I figured somebody would ask, so I thought I'd... Yeah, that, that's know. the answer. It's coming up really soon. Uh, and, and again, we figure we've, just, we've given everybody enough time. If you haven't done it by now, then... You'll just have to wait until launch. Yeah, now it's just, it's just too late. Um, and we, we have... The last time I checked, which actually has been a while, uh, there were more than 2,000 people who had applied, so... What? To... 
to be fair, your chances of getting in at this point anyway are pretty dang slim. That's <laughs> so, one-fifth of a Grinnell. It's it's a lot of people. Holy shit, uh, this is going to have a, a lower acceptance rate than Harvard. That's Maybe. true. <laughs> or it'll be cheaper. Or so it will be far cheaper. <laughs> in that it's free to it'll be cheaper <laughs> and only slightly less educational. From Also, if you don't get into the beta, don't feel too bad because the people who do get into the beta... Uh, their progress will not carry over to the final version of the game. Yeah. So, so on launch day, you're all at square zero. Everybody's, yeah, everybody, you're not going to lose out. Although it's not really a competitive game. So I guess, you know, that's fine either way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. But yeah, so so that's where we are. It's uh, betas, betas all closed now and, and we're getting ready to send out all the invites. Uh, and just a... Uh, in case, I'm not sure when we're going to start sending them out. Uh, it could be as early as, I guess, podcast day, meaning Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, but more likely will be on Thursday or Friday. So if you're one of those people who listens to this earlier, um, then there's a little bit of extra information I can give you, which is if you're really hoping to get into the beta, uh, because we haven't actually done the selection yet and won't until we send out the invites at the end of the week. Uh, you still have a chance to influence your 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 probabilities. How can one do such a thing? How? What a great question, Sam and Seth. Well, here's what you well, can do. Seth asked first. Seth, Seth I know, but <laughs> your name comes first alphabetically, and then I got confused. Oh, <laughs> man. This is a very confusing time for all of us. It's very hard. Uh, so, so forum activity, meaning if you go in and you introduce yourself and chat with people on the forums... Um, that'll up your chances. Uh, if you play our various other games that already exist, which are currently all on mobile, um, that'll increase your chances. If you're logged in with Scotch ID, if you own those, any of those games, that'll increase your chances. Uh, if you can test on multiple platforms, that will increase your chances though, since the beta form is closed and you will have already had to have told us that, uh, what else is there? I think that's, I think if you submit things? a piece of fan art, even if it's completely terrible, <laughs> from any of our games it'll also increase your chances Man, yeah so if, if you've done something really cool and think you just should be in the beta uh we we may take petitions although i'm not really sure how we would set that up uh not petitions. You, gotta, you gotta really feel just like you deserve up. it no we i want to change.org petition <laughs> for yeah, you to see be, if we can get obama to weigh in on this yeah obama's like and, bro i need that crash list give me that give it a and ideally you would set up a gofundme to support your your campaign, to support your your change.org your change.org petition. I mean, those cost money to. But then you'll probably need a Kickstarter to make sure you get the funding you need to put together a reasonable GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, which of course, like the time it's going to take you to put together a Kickstarter, you're going to need a Patreon to, to keep yourself afloat. You know, through yeah, that's that period. True, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, it it gets pretty elaborate. It it does indeed. So that's how you can increase your chances. Just set up a GoFundMe, a uh, Kickstarter, and <laughs> call President Obama.org petition, call President Obama, and then your chances will be pretty dang good. Although, uh, I can said, say, if you can get the tweet of God to tell <laughs> us to allow you into the beta, we will do it. That's true. That is a fact. Because uh, we can't really disobey the tweet of God. Let's Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, and also the story is done. I mean, everything's, everything's done pretty much. That's <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. yeah we I have mean, this, what's left at this point? Uh, what's left in the game is, is the final cut scene, which we scoped uh, out today on the whiteboard Four relatively short side quests, um, which are the perk side quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's about, that's about it. I think it's actually it. 
And then, so I mean, we're 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 days away from Crashlands being done and yeah. ready for testing. And we we got figured out last week how to hook up everything on Steam. And so the three of us can actually we actually have Crashlands in our Steam libraries. Yeah, and there was there was a crazy moment where I was just doing something, but I had Steam open on my computer. And all of a sudden, I see a little pop-up in the corner that says, B. Scotch Adam is now playing Crashlands. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. This is legitimate all of a sudden. I know. So that's super cool. So we're definitely going to be doing the beta on Steam. And if you vaguely just see one of us, if you're friends with one of us on Steam, and you see that we're playing a game. If it just says in-game. In-game. You know what we're doing. Cause it's yeah, because it won't show you what it is because it's secret. One of the things Adam and I were looking into through Steam, Steam offers these trading cards as well as the steam achievements um which we were pretty excited about putting together for the community because you know those are those are a fun thing to do and also that they're just kind of weird uh the trading card system i've never actually used yeah i haven't either i've always been collecting trading cards and, I, and then i'll see in my steam inventory i've got like a mountain of cards and i'm like i don't know what so to i do i these. i went on i had a bunch of them from just various whatever the hell how you get them and so i had sold all of them and made like two dollars which I yeah, I did that a long time ago. Yeah, oh, shit. You made yeah. bank. You made bank. So uh, it's a pretty fun little system. And essentially how it works is just kind of as you as you play the game, it'll just randomly unlock some cards for you and you can trade those and stuff. So we will be working on uh, getting those put together as well, which is cool. And I think we're, we're, we should be good to line those up for actually being available during the beta. I'm not sure if they actually come out during the beta. I'm not sure how Steam handles that in the back end, but, but we'll be all wrapped up on that. Uh, yeah, before. and those will be hooked up to Bscotch ID. Well, the, the, not those, sorry, but what we're gonna have Steam achievements as well, and those will be the same as Bscotch ID perks. So you'll actually get them at the same time. Uh, Steam achievements. You know, each one of those has a little icon that appears. You know, even though you only see it momentarily. Um, but almost for sure, unless Sam says otherwise, we will use those very same icons as unlocked avatars in Bscotch ID. Because why not? Because why not? We've already made the art. Might as well. Yeah, why not? Let's why do not? it, guys. So yeah, we Good are idea. super close, and we're all so excited that it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I think I'm also super pumped. tired. I was so pumped. I got home from from working today, and I was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna finish Crashlands tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it." Sat down and I programmed for another two hours, and then my brain just stopped going. It just clunked. Well, it's so crazy because yeah. this has been a project that's been going on for two years. Two years. It's, it's really weird to think that that we could basically at this point jam for a full straight like work day, like a good twelve hour day, and possibly just be done with it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, maybe that's just what we should do tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Sam does have a couple Red Bulls lying around. I do. Which, so, by the way, I still think are terrible. I'm just gonna. They're. Just... Oh yeah. It's one of the worst things ever created. <laughs> They are. I accidentally bought one that was not sugar free, and that is even worse than the sugar free. <laughs> What's in it? That's the question. Like, what the hell is in that bottle, man? I think what, the sugar free uh, one. What is it like? Bat guano and mm-hmm. uh, what else is in there? No, it's bull guano. Oh, bull guano, right? Buono. Buono. <laughs> you know, nice. Yeah. All right, let's move on to questions. Let's Seth. do it. You can't tell me we, what to uh, do. All right, so yeah, we have, tell, we have a lot tell Adam what to do. We have a lot of time for questions. Do we? How long have we been going? I haven't been keeping any track. Well, we've only been going for like twenty minutes. So wow, uh, we got we get we're gonna hit a. It's gonna be another question, Gazi kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Right, let's clear this right. list. Clear your emails. 
Uh, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. So if you want to get your questions into a future episode, then head over to podcast.bscotch.net and ask away. You can also vote for other people's questions on there. So do that too. And uh, the questions with the most votes are the ones that we'll talk about. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a question. You can just tell us something really weird or you can ask something super weird. You can even put some math problems in there. Yeah, know? although Whatever. we may not answer your math problems on air unless they're really weird. Yeah, they gotta be good. You <laughs> might be a theme you're sensing there. Yeah. Um, the weirder, the better. All right. So first question comes from Super Wes, who asks, I want to play Do You Even Lift on iPhone. Any chance of making that happen? What a great question. And also a good time to remind you that you should go vote for Do You Even <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it could At be the bit. life or death L- of studio. <laughs> At bit.ly slash elevator sim. Mm, that sounds great. I'm going to go vote right now. I'm going to give Seth. it five stars. Wait, can I just tell Speaking a little story which, about this? Adam, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So huh. we, Adam dicked it up we, real good. <laughs> we found out that, uh, yeah. that Do You Even Lift had you know been made available through the Indie Speedrun site. Got very excited. Uh, Adam went over to check it out and then immediately <laughs> sent a note. And he says, he's shit, I... Uh, I I rated it one star, but I'm the only rating right now. <laughs> and it just and shows you can't change your rating. After you can't the change it. And it's IP uh, locked. Yeah. So uh, so Adam pretty much rating bombed us actually. <laughs> right <laughs> and he was the, the first best. person to rate it. So and of course when you're looking through the uh, the list of games, it shows you the rating right there, and people will who are looking through the list will decide which games to check out based on their rating yeah right? so, i mean so, just like all these systems it's a positive feedback loop and a negative feedback loop so of course by that. having well one star then all of a sudden our game is imme- the well is poisoned right yeah. thanks so, adam thanks so sam Obama. and i had to jump in like we were planning on not rating it but then we had to jump in there and and rate it so that to bring to, it out of the, one star, the one star range. which is an even more compelling reason for all of you listeners to go to bit.ly slash elevator sim <laughs> To offset Adam's <laughs> ridiculous, and I don't even know how it happened because in order to rate the game, you yeah, have to click the star, that, and then after you've clicked the star, <laughs> you have to click the button that says rate. Uh, which is tell me a story, Adam. You better have one. I can't really even remember what happened. It was mostly because I was kind of confused about what it was that was that was happening. Right, so like I just clicked on the stars. And I didn't actually notice anything happen. Like I didn't, I didn't notice the the star not light up, but I knew that I clicked on the first star. Um, why did you click on the first star? I didn't star, see anything Adam. happen. And back up. And, and why did what? you click on the first star? I was just I was just clicking on the thing. I was just like I was like There's investigating stars, it to see how it Adam's like, I need to pick a star. Hey, maybe I'll it was a right one. justified star you system. Know, to be know. fair though. The world's first right justified star <laughs> system. To be fair though. I've, have you guys ever had those moments where like there's uh I've had it in games a lot, but there's essentially just an interaction sitting there that you could do. And if you're just kind of spacing out, then you're just gonna do it and like commit yeah, you terrible just, you're error. Gonna click, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if you're clicking on stuff, you know. And when you see I do stars, that in internet spaceships all the time. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I have no real excuse. All I know is that I was trying to figure out how it worked. And and to be fair, that whole website is is uh, a awful? bit wonky. <laughs> it's a bit wonky, so, but but I'm not gonna be that fair because it's just five stars <laughs> and a rate button. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, actually, I, no. I found no, here's, nothing here's what it was. Adam, about the rate. Here's, here's a PhD in here's, molecular biology. Hey, I don't have a PhD in clicking on stars. 
That's so, true. That's a specialized field. Yeah. Um, <sighs> that is a five-year program, and it totally, like, our university didn't even offer that. And if you only complete the first year, then you're going to accidentally give one star to everything. Yeah, or no years, as in my case. Yeah. Uh, but, so I thought the rate button would take me to the place where I could rate it. Right. After you clicked on the one star. <laughs> but again, like, I clicked on the one star, but I didn't see it do anything. So I was like, okay, so clicking on this doesn't do anything. Let me click uh, on rate so I could go in and rate it. Right. But sure. then when I went there, then it told me you've already rated this game. And that's when I realized I was like, fuck, I must have done that when I clicked the one star. When you rated it. Well, anyway. when I rated it, apparently. <laughs> uh, so maybe let's let's get to the question, though, which is, uh, any, is there any chance of it getting onto iPhone? I'd say there's a there's a chance. I mean, I think all of us are pretty happy with that little guy. Um, it turned out, yeah, it turned out pretty fun. I mean, I, yeah, I think we definitely need to do. It. I think it's, it's uh, one of those things that it would take a few days to like finish polishing it up, and uh, or maybe a little longer if we want to. Yeah, I think well, we'd have to systems, we'd but. have to do some some daydreaming on it to figure out kind of how to make it uh, scale a bit better because it literally only has like one full hour of gameplay right now, and so yeah, ideally we can offer something that's you know upwards of not well i guess just more than one freaking hour so yeah it needs to go to infinity like our other action yeah games. yeah exactly it needs to get perpetually more badass until yeah. your head explodes so we got to figure that out and then we have to figure out a control scheme that'll work for touch devices but we've already we already have a bunch of ideas so that's just a matter of kind of i was thinking it. it would be a scheme where like you you have to hold the phone up above your head so kind of like you're looking at the ceiling and then instead of tilting the phone, you just vibrate it as quickly as possible. You know, actually, yeah, would people, be awesome. People though. love motion control. It would be cool yeah. if you uh, if you just did up and down tilt to control the elevator, like a shake <sighs> weight. So, yeah, <laughs> like a shake weight. And then you you'll slap the doors with your thumbs. You know, yeah, you'll see somebody playing it on the on the train or something, and they'll just have rippling biceps. <laughs> Wait, from, speaking of from stuff. vibrating this thing up and down. Speaking of some of these uh, strangely controlled games, have you guys heard about this? Uh, what is it? Get me to heaven? Or is that what it's called? Throw oh me to heaven. Oh my god! Toss me to heaven. Oh yeah, they got taken away from the app store, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So just to so fill good. you guys in, so this uh, game developer uh, made made. I guess I it wouldn't call it a game per se, but uh, he made an app for the iPhone that it's called Send Send Me to Heaven. That's it. Send me to heaven, and it's still on Maybe Android the phone. And what it does is it measures. Uh, it measures how much time your phone spends in zero G in order to determine how high in the air you threw it. Okay. So you're going to take your $500 <laughs> device, you turn on this app, and then you're going to just throw your phone into the air as high as you can. And oh, so good. The guy's explicit <laughs> purpose in making this thing was actually to break as many iPhones as possible. And he thought it was hilarious. Um <laughs> hilarious and i mean tons of phones have been broken but apparently so he debuted it at some concert i was reading a little back article on it and people who didn't even have the app on their phone just started doing it because it just sounded fun <laughs> so just, like at a concert with like a thousand other people yeah i mean you know around yeah i'm sure they're all drunk so that's just how it goes but um but yeah so this this app has been banned from uh pulled from the app store still in google play if you want to go break your phone uh would not recommend given that crash ends is just about done, you know, be poor timing. Uh, but yeah. you can still do that. You have the freedom to do so. Well, unless you have a shitty phone and insurance on it, in which case you should definitely go download that game and break the shit out of your phone, get a new one so that you're ready for crash lands when it arrives. Holy crap. Brilliant. It's a brilliant plan. But don't tell them we told you to do that because this is terrible advice. And it's definitely not legal advice. 
We're not liable. Or any other kind. It's not advice at all. Nope. That's just, I just said a thing and, and you some consequences might occur. Uh, <laughs> But I'm not responsible for any of those consequences Ew. because I declared it to be so. And that's how the legal system works, as I understand it. Yep, that's about right. Uh, I did go to one year of law school and then drop out, so I can vouch for that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, all right, so Our next question legal comes from... expert. Yes, legal, yes. What's below an expert? Uh, Novice? A noob. A no- I'm a legal noob. Wait, how far below, I guess? R- really far, like the bottom. Anyway, next question comes from Don't Inquire... He says, he or she says, I love you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah. And Crashlands looks amazing. Lady, Are lady you? Man? <laughs> and Crashlands looks amazing. Are you planning on bigger and bigger projects going forward? Fuck no. So, yeah, we've gotten uh, we got a few questions kind of Fuck along no. this vein. <laughs> um, I think, well, I think there's two, there's two answers, right? One is the short term. Which is that after working on a project Wait, for two Wait, is years, one of them fuck no because I gave that answer already? Well... Kind of fuck no. Maybe fuck maybe? Fuck maybe? Yeah, I think fuck maybe. Because it's like <laughs> after, you know, after you've worked on a project for two years, I mean, we're all we're all so excited to get this game out for a variety of reasons. Like one of those is certainly, uh, you know, the ideally the cash that comes with it as far as like being able to pay ourselves, which would be grand. Um, would be swell. But the other one comes from the sort of psychic lift that we're going to get from being out from underneath this fucking behemoth that we've made i mean you guys you're going to experience this very soon especially if you get in the beta um very soon but the thing is is rather large and uh just after working on that for so long and, and balancing the project i mean we're all i think we're all very excited you know, we, we saw what we were able to do with with do you even lift which by the way you can go to bit.ly slash elevator sim to rate and play i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it right now. now yeah it sounds like a good idea and we that. saw what we could do uh now in 48 hours after essentially this sort of rigorous boot camping we've gone through with Crashlands, and uh we're all super excited actually to work on a few smaller projects before i think before taking on something really really huge again that being said um after you know if we're able to sort of successfully pull off Crashlands in the market so being able to pull it off as a game, we've already done. I already considered that kiboshed. Um, being able kiboshed. to sell it and live off it uh, is a different question. And so if that one also comes to fruition, then I think that definitely opens up the plan for us to be able to do bigger and bigger projects. Yeah, well, right. Because it's very, it's very expensive to spend two years on a project and have no income coming And also from it. not wise. And not wise. But, it, but if Crashlands does really well so that it can, you know effectively pay for its its own development um then that means that that model could actually work for us so we'd, we'd you know it would provide us a runway we would know that the next game we work on could also potentially pay for itself uh, but the problem that it goes along with this as well is that even if it is possible a lot of a lot of what happens in the video games market is 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 not a hundred percent chance but is based on what else whatever else is going on you know the moment you launch your game what the kind of general mood of the market is, that kind of thing. Because if we launch Crashlands on a particular day, which obviously we will launch it on a particular day, uh, but if we were to launch it the following week or the day after or the day before, any one of those things could potentially result in a totally different outcome just because of some weird random property of, of the market. Right. And this is after, of course, putting it's putting two years into it. So it's not... yeah. It's a it's so a it's a gamble, beast, right? It's a it's a gamble, and it's a and it's a gamble where we've basically thrown all of our eggs in one basket, 
And now we're just hoping it's going to, it's going to work out. So, so if it, if it doesn't, then we're definitely going to, you know, we need to go spin up some small projects to try to get some income back. Uh, if it does, then three months, yeah, small being, you know, back to like quadruple rampage size and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, if it is really successful, then we'll, we'll basically be able to do just whatever we want to, whatever we think is interesting and fun as a next project, whether that's a huge project or a small project or, or whatever. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, there's a few ends we, we would like to kind of dive back into one of those is, do you even lift now? Um, which is the sequel to, do you even lift? <laughs> do you even lift now? <laughs> and the other one is, uh, we've talked as a time travel. We've talked about, uh, uh, revisiting sloth cycling at some point, which we would treat as a smaller game. Uh, and then one of the, the bigger ones that we'd like to dive into and that crash lands actually from a lore perspective uh, essentially sets up the possibility of is Narwhal online, which would be yeah. our first sort of multiplayer experience. So, and so yeah, we'd like to make some big stuff, but gotta wait. Yeah. And Tal fight three. Yes. Tal fight three. So Tal fight three will probably be, although this is not decided, but Tal fight three there's, there's a lot of lore tie-in with Tal Fight 3 and Crashlands, which you're just going to have to experience for yourself because it's, it's you know, yeah, part of it. Yeah, definitely. If you guys haven't played through all four of our games that are currently out, uh, definitely go grab them Do and play it. through them because you will. there's plenty of plenty of references and plenty of things that i mean if you if you don't know them you're not going to be like uh you know you're not going to you're not going to notice yeah. but if you do then you're going to be getting a lot of uh, well yeah and here's the minimum extra. set of things you should do is you should play the oh, play up through the opening cutscene of flop rocket which literally <laughs> requires you to hit the play button i think it literally requires that, that that's <laughs> it uh really you should also then buy the game and play the fuck out of it because it's great um but at minimum for lore reasons you should watch that cutscene uh, that's really the extent of the story in that game. Uh, <laughs> Roid Rage, you should just play it. Just play it, I guess, and then you'll see a reference to Juice Jockeys, and mm-hmm. that'll that'll basically do the trick. And then what? And then uh, Towel Fight, you should play the entirety. Just of. play the whole thing. Yeah, because you got to get that. There's just. lore all the way through. Uh, it's about, it'll be 12 hours of your time. Um, even if you end up in the beta, there's going to be several days before beta starts uh, at minimum. You got time. You got time. Go play the fuck out of it. Uh, and then Quadrus Rampage is the same deal. Beat There's, it. Just beat play it. Beat kill it. Kill Pete. Kill Pete. And then you'll be prepared for the lore tie-ins with Crashlands. Yeah. And the I mean, Crashlands is really going to blow the door off of the world and the universe that we're trying to build here. So um, if you're if you're into story, if you're into all the lore stuff, I mean, all the other games you could consider these. I mean, honestly, just these among the tiniest of, you know, niblets of lore uh that that crashlands is sort of the larger feast yeah they, they more set up characters than anything yes um, and crashlands then ties them all together and puts all the lore and everything else but but what you'll find when you play through the through the crashlands story is there's a whole bunch of towel fight tie-ins that get more and more intense all the way up to the end of the game and sets it up in a really cool place and and also just kind of the lore throughout sets up some really good opportunities for us to bring Talfight back and and as as part of the story now understood through what we will have told you in Crashlands. Which I think so, is I think it's great because really cool. Talfight was just just a random smattering of insane shit. Yeah. Yes. That is a very good description. That's actually uh, what we put on the storefront, which maybe is why it didn't sell very well. <laughs> we're like, this is just a random smattering of shit. Uh, <laughs> but but interestingly, we've you know through Crashlands and Quadrupus and whatever, we we've taken all those things that at the time were random and made them 
part of a of a bigger universe mm-hmm. where they actually make sense in retrospect, uh, which is kind of weird that that's even possible. But I also wanted to kind of say, as far as the you know big versus small projects, there's this interesting phenomenon phenomenon that happens. Phenomena. Uh, I think it's probably at about the four week mark, where when you're first coming up with a new game idea, the first three weeks of development are crazy awesome mm-hmm. like it's it's just it's idea time like you're just coming up with all of the cool shit that's gonna go into this game you're prototyping you're testing mechanics you're tweaking things coming up with character designs uh you know coming up with story ideas setting you know whatever and then as soon as those first few weeks are done you are confronted with the fact that you're gonna have to finish all of these yeah. ideas that you yeah, just the rest started. is work and from four weeks onward it's just it's just a huge grind. Well, here I mean, here's the crazy thing, right? We we made Do You Even Lift, which is a feature complete little game that somebody can play for an hour, right? Yeah. We made that in a weekend. So, you know, total dev time. And I was even involved in most of it actually, right? So, so basically two and a half people working on it for a weekend and we built an entire game. Mm-hmm. Now, all three of us are working all day every day and have been for two for, years. Yeah, for Sam and Seth for two years, for me for one year on Crashlands. And so every two days we put in just as much work as went into this elevator simulator at bit.ly slash elevator And all sim. that is is just <laughs> fleshing out all the ideas that we came up with in the first <laughs> yeah, it's, month, well, yeah, it's all it's all implementing all the stuff and then fixing the things that are broken and all that. And especially these, I mean, the past several months... Uh, which we've mentioned several times, the game has felt like it's been basically the same, mm-hmm. but has just been improving and, and improving and improving and improving. And all these bugs are getting worked out. These little details are getting added. You know, it's actually, I mean, the game is far superior right now as what it was two months ago, but it still kind of feels like we didn't do anything. Well, it's, it's weird no. because it's dramatically better than it was two months ago, but yeah. it's virtually indistinguishable from what it was two days ago. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's exactly. all it's always, that's been the case for a year now. Right. Yep. Like if you look back two months, it's way better. If you look back two days, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, I had to feel bad when, uh, so, I, so we're finally coming up to this beta announcement and the beta launch and stuff. And, and I was thinking back and I asked myself when the, when was the first time when I told someone I thought we'd be done with the game in two months. <laughs> did and you track it down i think it was two months after we started it was it was it yeah. was two months after we had started building the game yeah that's been the joke which is that the game has been two months from complete for the entirety of the development <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair we our first two games took three months each and so when we first came up with the idea for crashes we were like Wow, this is a lot bigger than it's our about twenty five percent bigger. It's probably an extra, probably an extra month of dev time. Uh, shit, which which turned into an extra. Well, it's it's months. actually the same kind of logic that people use, and we're like, okay, well, we've made a two D game before, so three D is only fifty percent more D, so so it should take fifty. Should take fifty percent more time, mm-hmm. and that is not even <laughs> remotely close to being correct. Uh, so, uh, suffice geez. to say, we are we're all super excited for it. Uh, for getting Crashlands out to get kind of out from under it in a sense. Oh, I'm then, so excited for all of our testers to start playing this game. Yeah, oh, talking about. I mean, it. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. And I, you know, for those of you who who do get into the tester pool, um, honestly, be be as enthusiastic as your as your little gamer heart can be. Because, but also just be yourself. 
Yeah. <laughs> because we've been working on this for two years and in relative isolation. I mean, there's literally a handful of people who have ever played the thing. Um, so if if you get to do it and, and something about it speaks to you and you're like, I haven't ate, eaten for 18 hours, that's good. You know, tell tell us that. I mean, it's bad, but also... You eat some carrots. Yeah, we we definitely we need to know how much you love the game. If if it turns out you also hate it, we need to know that too. Though it will make us sad. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't be sad. I'll be like, let's fix it. Uh, also, weirdly, <laughs> I was also going to say eat some carrots. Oh, no. <laughs> the carrots so, are fucking somehow, delicious. If you have feel like if you haven't eaten for eighteen hours, just get, get, some carrots, get on the car- get on the carrot wagon. You're <laughs> yeah, probably man, you're, you're gonna go blind. <laughs> whatever uh, vitamin carrots have, you're probably deficient in that. That uh, is true, uh, and 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 for again for those people who become testers, and even those who are kind of sad that they that they don't, bear in mind that the only humans in the entire universe who have played Crashlands in its entirety are me and Sam. And in fact, I'm not. I don't even true. count anymore. Yeah, because Sam is now he added all these side quests and stuff that I have not played. I am the so only one. He's the knows. only one. Who's played the entire game? <laughs> the weird thing too is I haven't. I I've been programming the game. I haven't played the game since March. Yeah, Seth hasn't played the game at all. He hasn't played the game since before there was a story. So you guys asked about uh, creative process and like solving creative differences the other uh, last week, and just kind of how our our process goes for that. We had this hilarious interaction this week where uh, Adam brought up that there was some, a few changes that we needed to make to the sort of default behavior of build mode because it occasionally was a little unintuitive and uh and seth started talking about how you know it didn't that didn't quite make any sense because that's this is how he played it and then sort of slowly over the course of like his sentence realized that he hadn't played the game like really actually <laughs> yeah, played right. it in probably in nine months nine months and so <laughs> he was like he starts talking and then he's like i'm just gonna you guys just tell me what to do well, I was like, my, <laughs> my opinion doesn't even count like i can't give feedback about yeah. what works and what doesn't which then so, brings up an important point. Before we before we can start the beta, all three of us have to play through the entire contents of this game. And that's actually, between now and the beta starts, that's actually the biggest project that has to happen because the game is so huge that we each have to put in, you know, 60 hours of playtime. Uh, so that's that's actually right now the biggest hurdle to, to the beta because everything else is so close to done, it's like a day or two out from being complete. But then we have to go play through this massive game because if we don't, then Seth will be trying to like respond to all these bug reports and all this kind of stuff without having ever played the game. And I won't even know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So even though we we all kind of want to just like rush on and do it and just be like, oh, let's just start the beta. We'll play through as the beta goes, you know, whatever. We have uh, to because we don't know we, anymore. Yeah, we have to. It'd also, you might be, if idea. you're listening, you might be wondering what the hell that means if I say that I've been programming this game for nine months and haven't played it. I play it in five minute chunks i will code a thing open up the game fast forward to that thing see if it works if it does i close the game again uh, <laughs> right and then i well and lately you'll thing. sit down and program for like an eight hour stretch but without even opening the game yeah the game is so big now that it takes sometimes it could take like 15 minutes to compile so uh i just don't I don't hit the play button anymore. I just, <laughs> I just code it up and I'm like, guys, let me, next time you play it, let me know if that thing worked. Butterscotch is uh, living on the edge over here. Where, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's hit the next question from Mia Kitty. She says, well, she has like five questions in a row. And yeah, lady. she is. We need, we, I mean, nothing against Mia Kitty. Cause she's the bomb. She's fucking great, but we're going to need some more variety in these, uh, 
And these questions. There's a ton more of them below. She just happened to get like a. She's got like a I block. Guess, I guess she answers. Okay. The, she asked the best questions. I was gonna I say guess. yeah. We need we need yeah. more people to she ask. She actually has questions. no other questions. <laughs> she has no other questions in the list. Only top rate. Okay, everybody wow. else do a better job. Jesus. Yeah. Quit. Jesus, guys. Okay. <laughs> Mia asks. So talking about qu- we need to okay you know one podcast we'll do a Mia Kitty edition where we just <laughs> answered all of her questions. Uh, all right, so Mia Kitty asks. So talking about quests and sidelines and story playthrough of Crashlands, what's the ratio of questing to crafting? Is there still a focus on the Minecraft like exploration, mm. uh, collecting craft items aspect, or has it now shifted to following the quests? Interesting. So this uh, this question presumes a opposition between exploration and uh, questing and i think there's a fair presumption is, as we've talked about yeah, given before. given the way most games tend to go about it i think that as adam said it's totally fair um we've really tried and i think we've we've met it in crashlands to very I don't well know. I, can't, I can't speak to this <laughs> <laughs> to very well uh, actually marry the exploration and the collection of crafting of items with uh the interesting quests and sidelines and the main way that we've done that is essentially through not you never get rewarded for a quest with just the thing that you need like a tool or something like that what you essentially get rewarded with is the ability to go and collect and make that tool so by backing it up in other words step, you get a recipe you get a recipe so in other words yeah you get you actually get every time you complete a quest you actually get more game to play which is very different from something like uh, World of Warcraft or, or most games where you have a, a really heavy sort of questing uh, engine because they're interested in get in giving you something right then to get you moving on to the next part whereas we have a slight re, we're gonna have a slightly sort of slower approach to that and what that's ended up with is because the because the sidelines actually crisscross each other a lot you'll end up i mean we've looked at people's maps who've the, the couple of us who've actually you know played it so far um and they just they had this sort of sprawling Almost like a water spider, like yeah, just like a yeah. like something sort of impacted uh, and blew out all this explored zones, and they do they do centralize around these interesting landmarks, you know, like a, a boss arena or or a, a big encampment of Polari or something like that. But they then tend to do that same thing that we've talked about in some blog posts before, which is that people kind of they go from hub to hub, like they do in the real world, and then go explore out from those things. And there's enough things. There's enough stories to find. Uh, there's enough stories that you essentially get led to, but don't have to go do. And then there's enough just random landmarks scattered around, like chests and interesting things to collect, just laying around the environment. That it's a pretty, it's just a pretty good chance that when you go out to explore, if you're just going out for the sake of harvesting, that you'll come across at least you know something interesting, which was very important to us. And if you're going out for the sake of uh, questing. That you'll might, that you might get sidetracked by wanting to go craft and explore because you'll see something interesting and harvesting rare things that you see. And so, that, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, our, our goal with this thing was to have it so that there was never a point where you felt like you had run out of story or run out of crafting, but that there was always more of both that you could do and that you could feel like you could kind of do whichever one you want. And I mean, there are certainly times when depending on your play style, like if you're a completionist, you might try to complete every single piece of craftable content before you advance the story to the next part, for example. Um, or you could try to blow through the story as fast as you can and, and then have to kind of craft to keep up 
Um, but it, it, it actually works in, in either way. Uh, so from my own playthroughs, and that was even before we had, you know, all of the side questing stuff, um, there was still enough, enough stuff happening with the story that I always felt like I could kind of wander around and do stuff, but I was, I never felt like I was far away from the story again. Yeah. And I think this, uh, we kind of managed to hone it, I think by the, by the third act of the game, um, which is when you're, you're entering into the tundra, you're, you're chasing Hugo Duco, uh, the villain down. And it's really interesting because we've been sort of building to this crescendo the whole time, as far as the story is concerned, things have been getting crazier. Nice and crazier. musical term. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a fermata. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, you, <laughs> you, you're following the story. And so it literally, it's kind of like reading the Lord of the Rings, right? If it was, if the story was just like, Oh, Frodo got to the mountain and threw it in, it wouldn't be much of a story. And so this, you've gone through this sort of extremely intense and elaborate process. You've gotten to know uh, the leaders of, of these races and, and help their people along the way. And there's an interesting thing that I, that I noted um, when finishing up the quest lines this week in the Tundra, which is that the Tundra of all of the, of the zones actually has like the most drive to me. Uh, and Adam, I don't know if you, if you agree with this, but had the most drive to me to actually like really like follow the story. In a really intense yeah, I would way. I would agree with that, and but a lot of that's you know the the story has culminated at that point to to a much more so you have very clear objectives all the you know in the previous two acts as well, uh, but the tasks that you're doing are are not exactly about that thing because your relationship with the, with the various races and that kind of stuff is not about that thing. Your relationship with them is about their shit, like the stuff that they're dealing with, right? Uh, and you're, you're basically asking them for help with stuff or, or doing just unrelated tasks that are again, about what those species need from, from you or what, what, just what they're doing in their own little version of the world. Uh, but as you move through the game, the kind of the main, you know, uh, antagonism in the story comes more and more to the forefront and the, the story itself becomes more and more about that. So that now, especially like when you get to the, to the tundra, you and the Polari, the, the narwhals people. that live there uh, are have exactly the same goal. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're basically working with each other to solve this particular task. And, and uh, we wanted to make it feel like we want to make it feel like at this point that like thing, it's really important, right? That what you're doing is really important. Cause we, the whole thing, we made a little bit of a joke by having it be, you know, you've lost your packages. You just want to deliver them. Right. We, we try to kind of play that low key, but then, as the story goes, the things that you're doing just become more and more epic and important. And so by the time you get to the end, like everything is super important. We want you to feel like things are dire, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree that the story kind of propels, oh, man, propels wanna, you through it at I the end. play this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say, I think about it, think about it kind of like, uh, kind of like Skyrim in a sense, I guess it's, that's what we've been comparing it to internally, which is that if you ask the question, you know, is the focus on exploring or is it on on questing with that game set in mind? Um, I think you it's find, on whatever you're doing. Yeah, you kind of whatever find the answer that we that we tried to hit, which is that it it somehow manages a sort of nice marriage of the two. I guess is how I'd put it. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that there is such a perfect balance of story and exploration and crafting that people who play the game will need several changes of underpants. Yes. Because yeah. they'll be crapping nonstop. Yeah. Any kind of thing that could come out of a person in that region. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll be coming out on multiple Babies. occasions. Tapeworms. Yeah, literally anything that could come out down there. So anything, your whole body will come uh, out. Of that's your actually body. in the feature list in Crashlands. you'll crap your entire body out of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think it's a good selling point. Um, well, I mean, it's dangerous though. In, in some but, circles, uh, it's, good, right, it's well, a good weight loss tool. Let's burn down some more to, of these Mia Kitty ones. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got time to hit one more Mia question, uh, which is: if you had one talent as a natural talent, or something you're even clumsy at right now, or skill that you don't currently have. There's a lot of parentheses in this one, by the way. Uh, I'll just I'll just paraphrase. If you could have one talent, if you had the time to train and practice and just nail it, what would, what would you choose? And why? I feel like being able to do backflips. <laughs> no, I'm dead just, serious. Just backflips? <laughs> Yeah, so when I was in front so flips, are going to be the backflip master. Little known secret: uh, I was a cheerleader for three years in college. Uh, Doesn't everybody know this? I don't think everybody does. I don't think our listeners know. No way. That's probably true. So, so yeah, I, it it was a very random thing. I never, you know, I never sought out to be a cheerleader. But it just came to him. Cheerleader life chose. That's right. It's because it's it's actually so fun to throw people that it's amazing. So if you haven't tried it, go out, throw someone tonight. Again, we're not liable for things. Um, yeah, well, throw we, a person as just, high as you can. Uh, you get points for how high the person stays. <laughs> Straight up, we can just <laughs> announce that we're not liable, and it totally applies. Yeah. So. Law straight up, but none of us are experts at what we're talking about. Don't do anything we say. So I got to uh, what they called the elite level stunts where you could, so me and my partner, I would throw her in the air, uh, catch her when she was standing on one foot on one of my arms while she was holding up one of her legs. Okay. So this is like big, crazy thing. But the one thing I couldn't do for the life of me was a fucking backflip. And it made me so upset because it seemed so easy compared to the fact of everything else I was doing. But it's something about like... Was it a mental thing or yeah. a physical thing? Oh, no, totally mental. I had, yeah. I had a little core strength and everything for it. It was just like the the leaping backward and just that whole fucking thing. Well, it's true that one of the best ways to break your neck is to try to do a backflip. Yeah. Unless you're backflipping into a giant vat of marshmallows. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, Which, so, if you fuck it up, it's delicious. You just would, go face first into a... Do a marshmallow. Yeah, I would vote some some form of acrobatics because I feel like that would just be so fun. I mean, what if you just walk down the street and you're like, "Oh, I think it's time for a backflip," and then you just fucking do it. It sounds great. So I'd like to do that. You need to be you need to be good enough at it though that when you just randomly decide to do a backflip in a public crowded place, you don't fuck it up and. Right, it's exactly. Yeah, something. If, I, if I could just nail it, and then I just y'all you know, carry a hat with me, and whenever I do a backflip, I'll just ask people for money. I'll be like, I yeah. There's there's nothing more horrifying than watching somebody <laughs> attempt a backflip and and just totally bomb it because yeah. you like as soon as they leave the ground, you're, you're just like, tell. oh no, are you dead? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as yeah. soon as their feet come off the ground, you can see like, oh no, he's not tucking, and then yeah. suddenly, <laughs> yeah. suddenly their face planted in a snowdrift or something. You have to commit to that 100% because if if you have the slightest hesitation once you start, oh, you're yeah. breaking your neck. Like That's just what's going to happen. You can't sort of backflip. <laughs> actually, no, you either backflip or you don't or you die. You have three yeah. options. But I had tried to do it. Actually, I hurt my ankle. I didn't break my neck. But I Sam, that doesn't even make sense. I tried to do a backflip one time. Uh, I was like seven and I was on the edge of, of a swimming pool. 
And I was like, I'm going to do it. That's I a great stood. place to start. I stood. <laughs> it's also a great place to stop. Uh, <laughs> I started on the edge with my back face in the pool. And I just like, kind of like jumped straight up and kind of just like <laughs> rotated, I guess you would say maybe like 70 degrees. <laughs> so you just, just like, kind of like slammed your down back. on my back on the corner, you know, the edge of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kind of like went limp and slid into the water. <laughs> and that was that was the end of my backflipping career. Uh, Adam, what would your talent be if you could just Ugh. pick one? I would say novel writing. Because mm. it's one of the things that I, that I do want to do is actually do some novel writing. But it's, it's one of the, it just takes so much uh, of your mental energy and then time and practice. Because you can't just write a novel and like, I mean, I... I sort of did it for NaNoWriMo, you know, several years ago where it would be like a couple hours a night for a month. Right. And you could kind of do that. Like it's, it's not quite as high mental energy as like as doing programming and that sort of stuff. Um, but it's pretty dang high. And the, and the, the further you get into a project, the more intense and difficult it is. Cause there's so many things you have to be thinking about. Uh, so after a while you can't, you can't do that. It's not sustainable for like a few hours a, a day. At some point, you got to go all in and just like write your fucking novel, you know. Uh, and it's also one of those things that, just like with making games or any other creative endeavor, the first ones that you make are gonna be garbage. But now this is a thing where you're gonna spend, you know, a good hundred hours or more writing the thing as a first draft, and then hundreds more hours editing it until it's less crappy. And then by the time you're all done with that. Hey, there's your first novel and it's garbage, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so there's, there's a lot of, uh, just like, I mean, just like, again, just like with anything else, there's, there's a lot of warm up and practice time and all that kind of stuff where it's just like years of work where you're working really hard at a thing before you can actually then do it for real. And just like, yeah, this, a novel, this really, that this is, really is the, it's the crux of the problem of like why it is that so many people just sort of accept that they aren't good at stuff and yeah. just leave it at that because when you really, really work at it, you're still gonna be crappy. Yeah, for until just you've a done it time. several times. I mean, yeah, you, like it's just like you've got to. If you're gonna be a game designer, you're gonna have to make several games before they're any good. Several dozen, um, even probably several dozen. Uh, more likely, it depends a lot on where you start, right? If you come out of college where your degree was in game design, you might have a bit of a head start than like Seth did, where he was like, "I don't know anything about game design, don't know how to program, I'm not an artist." And he sort of I did read games. some books though, yeah, which helps. <laughs> so I did. and I read I've I've read a lot of books about novel writing and that sort of stuff, which does help. It gives you a bit of a head start, right? But there's just in all these cases, there's nothing like actually doing the work. And, and for me, it's actually, I don't have a problem going into a project, a huge project even, knowing that all of that time is effectively going to be lost when it comes to the value of the final product as a thing itself. But, and it's because that, it's because that I, I accept and believe that that time spent was in, actually in self-improvement. It wasn't about the thing that I made. It was about me learning how to make a thing like that so that when I go the next time, I can make a better thing like that. And then at some point, if I do it enough and really dedicate myself to the task, then I'll do it well and make something that other people actually can appreciate. Well, I think, uh, hell yes. I mean, it's weird. So, you know, we've been, we've been getting crash lines ready for steam. Yeah. Uh, for steam. 
And I feel so legit. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, I was, I was putting the assets together. You have to put, you know, a bunch of different images of different sizes and stuff together. And and I was just cutting stuff up today. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm uploading things onto Steam. Yeah, I know. I remember f- in fuck? 2004 getting Half-Life 2 and being like, what the fuck is this thing? This Why do Steam thing? Yeah. Log into this bullshit. This yeah. Half-Life 2 patcher called Steam? <laughs> yeah. But then a couple of years ago, I remember, because before we started, Greenlight came out, right? Was it 2011? Oh, it was about the same, about the same about time. About the same time. And I was like, yeah. I remember being like, oh, man, if only we were good enough to get on Greenlight. Like, that would be so cool. And then fucking yesterday, I'm like casually uploading stuff onto steam <laughs> yeah like, crashlands is sitting in our steam libraries right now yeah, yeah. it's it's weird and you're getting to this point my god it feels good but yeah it, but, yeah, but it's yeah it's one of those things that it's taken full-time work for for you two for three years or four years three four, three three years for me uh a year but i had the massive head start of having these guys already been doing it for two years um and and yeah it's just I mean, and it's like, as we mentioned before, right? I haven't actually made a game with the company. From I've, scratch. From scratch. Uh, except for Do You Even Lift? Um, but I've basically been helping to finish everything that was already in motion. and Which is actually great, because that's going to put me in a good position to, when we go do the next thing from scratch, I'll have learned enough by finishing other stuff that, you know, it'll be in a good spot. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. Seth, what about you? What's your talent? Uh, it would it would definitely be just art, just interesting painting, yeah, uh, drawing, pretty much those two things. What uh, about sculpture? Sculpture yeah, that would be amazing. That would oh be pretty God. cool. I did a uh, I did a, a pottery class, spun pottery. If if you guys, if anybody ever gets a chance to take like a wheel pottery class, so you you're pumping the wheel with your foot. And it's uh, it's a, just yeah. a horizontal disc that spins, and then you take fat ass lump of clay and put it in the middle, and get it super sloppy wet, and wear an apron, and then you, as you're spinning it, you you essentially shape the clay as you go, and it's the sort of thing that when you look at someone who can do it, do it, it looks extremely easy because they just like rub their hands on this ball, and then it turns into a cup or whatever. Um, but when you try to do it very often, the uh, the clay will sort of just decide it's not playing with you today and then it will just like fucking leap Fly off of the off. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that it's amazing yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't know totally I, th- I think I think the reason though so I used to I used to really be into art I was president of art club in high school oh yeah I forgot about um, that yeah Seth actually has I, the best art skills of, of all of us I took art classes throughout uh, high school and everything and and I did all kinds of stuff but I think yeah, I never really hit a point where I felt good about any of it. And so I think it's it's kind of it's kind of similar, like you were saying, Adams, you know, writing a novel or something where if I'm just making, say, like a painting, I make it and it's garbage. Yeah. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, I just what, made garbage. What, like, what do I do with this? Yeah, exactly. Now? Like and now I just have a shitty painting yeah. that I can't do anything with. Well, I think part um, of the problem with that is is when you're doing that kind of stuff for school, right? You're doing it because it's a project. You're supposed to turn it in. It's going to get graded, right? Mm-hmm. There's like there's some sort of finality to the thing where 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 your supposed goal is to do the thing well and like do a good job at something. 
And, and the fact is that at that stage, everyone is at best an amateur. Um, yeah. But you're treated externally as if you're supposed to be doing things right. And everyone kind of knows they're pretending, right? That you're like making reasonably good art and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but they still treat it like you're not pretending. And and I think that's a huge disservice because then it makes everybody feel like the only value in making a thing is in making it well. Right. Yeah. It's about the journey. That's true. That's true. I th- maybe, maybe it was the case that, you know, so I, I didn't do a whole ton of art outside of classes. And maybe it was because I was sort of trained, you know, over the years that that you do art so you can get, you know, turn it into your teacher and get graded on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the uh, goal was always to make, to make a thing, to make a finished product and not get to learn. Yeah. Not it. to learn from making the thing. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, high school, well, I mean, all, basically most of school, uh, all the way through in any subject, uh, does exactly that same thing. Cause it's true for me in science too, right. Is all my science classes up until halfway through college were geared towards, here's how to think about things. Here are the answers to all of these questions, right? And it turns out being a scientist has nothing to do with any of that. It's it's actually, how do I think about how to find the answers to questions? Which if is just only a, we almost applied, an unrelated thing. Yeah, if only we applied the scientist mindset to just everything. You know? Yeah, but the problem is nobody's taught that mindset until they're trying to become a scientist and they're, they've been going to school for like 20 fucking years, you know, that's when somebody's finally like, Oh, by the way, all this stuff that you've been learning is questionable, weirdly at taught and questionable <laughs> well, at I, best. You know, I figured maybe this, this is a good time to get in, get into some, it is midnight guys. Yeah. We're getting deep when we're tired and it's midnight. It's so, midnight. Let's just, so let's just go. Uh, I'm going to take us there. So I, let's, where are you, where are we going? We're going, is this going to be like a Willy Wonka weird fucking boat tunnel? I'm going to turn you into a blueberry. And uh, no, I prefer I, to be a schnozberry. I I heard this quote yesterday, um, which said most people die at 25 and aren't buried until they're 70. That's some depressing shit. Oh, right shit. It is. Well, it's midnight. So. <laughs> um, it's depression time. So, But I think this is an interesting point because what all of us are getting at is essentially saying, uh, you know, up until now, I didn't spend time doing this particular thing. And as a result, there's this weird, and I don't know if this is a cultural thing, um, which I guess some of, some of our, some of our uh, non-American players can maybe weigh in on a bit and inform us. But if it's a cultural thing to feel like you... Once you're 25 or so, you're essentially sort of set. Yeah, right? you're an adult. You're, you've got your your kids. You're married. You're supposed to start raising them up. You need to have your pension going. But I mean, even if you don't have kids and you're married, like I I know most of my friends, for example, who are you know 25 years old or so, or so, are starting to show the sort of same mindset where it's like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't already figure out. I didn't go to, to school that. for that. Right. They're, they're settled into what they'll be doing until they die. Right. And, uh, and not even just in the case of work, but in, in their approach to like exercise or just art, you know, as you're saying, Seth, like it, it doesn't take much actually. There's like Inktober, there's you no know, NaNoWriMo. Um, there's all these things to make it so that you can have a pretty structured way without any cost to try doing things. And I just I wonder what it is about the way that we do things that makes us think that that like that that makes us not unsettled 
about that tendency that we have. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think it's a, it's a matter of... And it's of, comfortable instead of yes. really uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. Because it's in order to improve at something, you have to internalize the fact that you aren't good at something. Well, this is the right? ad- like, quote from Adventure Time, which is sucking at something is the first step to being kind of good at something. <laughs> yeah. And then you go <laughs> from there. Most people don't want to think about the fact that they suck at something. Well, no, because yeah, so, you know, culturally that's supposed to be bad. It. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's that's my point there. It's like, yeah, where where is that coming from? And could we just not, you know, like whatever that is could... could well, I mean, yeah, for me, not. I mostly learned it from doing science like that was that was when like i mean i i still bought into the it's bad to be bad at a thing until i was again partway through college and then all of a sudden i like it clicked and i was like wait a second i'm here to learn about how the world works and then i stopped caring about grades i took only the classes i wanted no matter how hard or whatever they were uh and in the end like i was happy taking classes that were slightly beyond my capability because even though i didn't walk away with an a which I had been taught through high school was the most important thing. Uh, I walked away with, you know, a B or whatever and felt really felt like I'd gotten something out of it. I have to and, say though, uh, if you, if you suck at something, that is such an amazing thing really, because everything you do, you'll be learning stuff about yeah. it. Like you'll be improving. You can, you can like, if if you've never played music before, like you could buy a guitar and just like look, open up a YouTube video and spend an hour just like shittily strumming on it, and you'll learn so much in that first. Yeah, you hour. get to go from not knowing anything to knowing a thing in yeah. a very short period. I mean, which you know, the more time you spend doing something, the harder it is to find those nuggets. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, it's that whole you know asymptotic curve, right? Is the is the problem with that? But do you hear, do you hear Harley Jones outside again? Yeah, Harley, Harley Jones, sucker. Anyway, <laughs> he and his screaming goat. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I got some of that uh, out of me in college. But honestly, and this is the this is the weird one for me is that and the the sort of greater the greater question I guess to ponder is that I didn't feel like I really completely lost that tendency to feel like I couldn't start stuff because I basically hadn't already or because I wasn't good at it up until I got that cancer diagnosis. Because well, your your perspective on the entire way the world works changed, right? Because at that point, then it's like, okay, well, you you might die in like a year, and so then you have this weird question where you're like, well, so technically, like nothing kind of matters, <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So, so go do things that are interesting. So do just do whatever you find interesting and what sort of thrills you the most. Yeah, well, um, and you can't get really good at anything in a year, exactly. And so there was no longer the question of like, oh, well. I better not do it because I won't be good at it. Yeah, it's like I'm. I yeah. guess I'm. I'm literally, you know, at the end of my rope here. So <laughs> there's no like that's a frozen state to be in. But it weirdly did you feel? Did you feel kind of liberated? I after the fact? I do. I, I definitely do now. Um, like when it's like okay, turns out things aren't as bleak as originally thought, <laughs> and you have a lot more time than. Oh yeah, yeah. it's totally stuck. No, I had so uh, for those. Who aren't familiar? Also, I had a. I occasionally post these sort of longer Facebook uh, posts just about what's been happening on the health side of things that are of quite a bit more in depth. Um, they're usually very sassy, and and I posted one of these a couple of days ago. And uh, whenever I do, like every single time, and it kind of makes me sad, but also it's it's nice. But 
I got a note from a kid um, who happened to go to school with, but go to high school with my fiance. And he, you know, he basically says, I'm 24 and I just got diagnosed with ALL with leukemia. And I've been spending like four weeks in the hospital at a time and I got, he has a transplant coming up. And so he just wanted to chat, you know, and, and, uh, talk shop essentially as a, as a cancer dude. And so I, you know, he and I talked on the phone last night, probably an hour and a half or so. And it was just really interesting because I could see, I could see where he is in that turn where he said he just started, he's in the middle of the second round and he just started to feel over it already. And I remember (laughs) meaning like, I don't give a fuck about this anymore. Kind of right. Like recognizing that this, that this is a, uh, it's classified as a pain in the ass. Um, but so long as you basically are able to kind of have your wits about you during the process, you can still like, you can still live actually quite well. Yeah. It's, it's no longer a big deal that you're going in to get chemo or Man, yeah, cause like, get blood I, tests or whatever. I remember, uh, after the, after the very first diagnosis that you got, Sam, mm-hmm. um, it's like you, you know, you called me from the doctor, the doctor's office, uh, yeah, on your, on your phone, in the car, and I was sitting at the computer, and I had uh, Calm.com open at the time, <laughs> which is a it's a website that sort of shows various like nature scenes, like rain or a beach or whatever. And I had and I had this uh, like beach scene open, and so so after I <laughs> got weird off, and surreal. Well, after yeah. I got off the phone, I just closed down my code. And I just fucking stared at that beach for like two hours because <laughs> I was just like, I can't fucking understand what's even happening right, right. now. Uh, but then, of course, like, you know, once we go through all the tests weeks later, uh, it was just like, OK, yeah. All right. Sam's going to be in the hospital for a few days. You yeah. know, whatever. He's well, getting poisoned I mean, I think that's stuff. the, <laughs> that's the <laughs> it weird just thing becomes about it. the new normal. So yeah, yeah, you, know, you see these people sometimes who have been like. I mean, really, like, really put through the ringer with regard to, I mean, anything, frankly. The, world's, mm-hmm. <laughs> the world could be a cruel place, not just on it health. It could be quite a dick. And, yeah. The and world is a dick. It's so weird, though, because you know, we've, we've talked about the saying of, uh, if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it. Um, and I think it's a similar sort of idea where it's like, if you, the, the people who are sort of able to maybe rebound the best have had to rebound at some point uh, sort of already as a piece of training. And I think the interesting thing about the cancer diagnosis was that it was like, there wasn't an option to not. So it was a sort yeah, of, you, you don't get to just be like, no, I'm not going to have cancer now. Right. I mean, if you I was, just, a, that's a thing you're dealing with. So. Right. If I was like 70, you know, and I was like already done, then maybe I could just be like, ah, you know, like I'm going to the locker room. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take my clothes off. I don't <laughs> Right. Let my let my dongle sway in the breeze. But as a twenty three year old, that like that's not obviously an option to just lay down. So it's like you just have to do it. And then the weird thing about having to do it is that you suddenly realize that like I could have just been seriously enjoying myself the entire time <laughs> before, <laughs> right? like right. all of this, you know. So it's yeah, I, I did. I have found it extremely liberating. Um, yeah, I was. I not. I found it death. kind of. Anymore. Yeah, I found I find it kind of interesting how you're <laughs> the way that the way that you describe a lot of these things that are happening, like, hey, my liver is inflamed this week and I had to go on a steroid or I tried to work out and then I w- felt like I was being stabbed repeatedly all over my skin. I found out there's or a term even for just that. like 
or even just like my skin hurts all the time. <laughs> but the word that you use to describe this is annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. for for most people, annoying is like fuck. I spilled coffee on my shirt. You know. <laughs> well, I also <laughs> my day is ruined. I, mean, I think that's annoying. Also, it's frankly, but the, but you see, what I'm the saying same it's like level. they're they're on par. Yeah. Like <laughs> having an inflamed liver and you know tripping over your shoelace. But that's the perspective. Are equal part, right? in your mind. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're not dead. So shut up and get to work. I mean, there's. Not- I think. I think though. I mean, you're really you're really going down the path of of running out of fucks. I to give. Yeah, I swear. I'm pretty sure I ran. Yeah, out I used of- up a lot of them. Yeah, I ran out of them a long time ago. I think. <laughs> I think maybe maybe in that like in that first month of all of this, you you were given them. A lot of fucks were given during the diagnosis. Yeah, week. I think oh, after yeah. the it was in the middle of the second one. Uh, it was when I was staring at my transplant calendar. I was all alone in my fucking hospital room that had been in for a week. And I was just looking at it, and it said blood and bone marrow transplant calendar. And then it was just this big, stupid-ass sheet on the wall. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is, I'm so done. <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm What a bunch of horse shit. I'm not going to have a bad time because some dick put a huge sticky note on the wall that tells me that I have to get poisoned every eight hours or whatever i think it was a nurse probably some dick nurse (laughs) some dick nurse dick nurse is a pretty specific profession (laughs) by the way yeah Yeah. anyway all right well we we kind of went down a rabbit hole we did let's Uh, go just keep get me a get get me a kitty's questions done i'm pretty sure we could bang this out sure i mean we're we're like 20 minutes over already yeah we should we should uh because we still got like three mia kitty questions yeah. So we, well, we should hit her up the next time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unless, we'll, of course, unless she asks a bunch more, in which case we'll just be perpetually buried under Mia Kitty questions. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, Mia Kitty, your goal for the next podcast is to ask some more questions that all get voted up to the top so that we can have a Mia Kitty special <laughs> episode. Yeah. So, so make, them, make them real good. Yeah, do that. Uh, recruit some people to come vote for you and uh, go to bit.ly slash elevator sim <laughs> to, vote, to, to, to vote, vote for our game and uh, help us to not be bankrupt. What's our game? Do up. you even lift? That is exactly what it's called. Give us five stars. Help us get 5,000 smackaroos. Smackaroons. <laughs> Smackaroonies. Is, there a, is that a word for dollars? I don't know. Sure. Anyway. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And also, if you haven't played our games yet, I know Adam mentioned uh, all of our other games. You got to play them to get ready for Crashlands. Go over to games.bscotch.net and, uh, and get them all. Uh, we also have a great community at forums.bscotch.net. So come on over there and say hello. And uh, once again, if you want to get your questions onto the podcast or vote for other stuff, go to podcast.bsketch.net. And that's all we got for this week. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Peace.